from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is The Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And we've got a superb podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by one of our good friends, as John Jansen, who does amazing work over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at the state of the Philadelphia Phillies as Looks like we're going to be seeing Bryce Harper back out there on the field relatively soon. He did wind up having a pair of home runs in a minor league appearance a few days ago. We're going to be talking about the NL East in general and just how the National League playoff race is looking very, very competitive in comparison to what we're seeing in the American League. So we're going to be having that chat. Also going to be talking about some of the large favorites that we're seeing on the board for Thursday as well. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we got one or two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind letters M. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we saw some explosions of offense on Wednesday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Mets lead in the National League East is down to a game and a half as the Atlanta Braves get it done by a count of 14-2 thanks to a 7-spot 
in the eighth inning. As only a pair of home runs for the Atlanta Braves in this one. They go 7-16 with Ben in scoring position as Matt Olson bounced at his 27th home run of the season. And then William Contreras off the starter, Mitch Keller. He winds up getting his 17th as Keller. Not long for this game. Gives up seven runs now. Only two of which were earned. There were a trio of errors out there in the field that did wind up hurting him. But the other home run, that was given up by our good friend Cam View, who wound up going in and giving up two runs. Colin Olderman. He had been doing a solid job of holding it down prior to this appearance. He did not hold it down on this day. Five runs surrendered without getting a single out. Dwayne Underwood Jr., Eric Stout, along with William Crow. I'll give you a scoreless inning and many Benuelos. One and a third inning scoreless, but really the main form of offense for Pittsburgh. Kevin Newman, he gets home run number one of the season off of Kirby Yates. Yates has not necessarily looked great since making his return up to the big league level. He winds up giving up two runs, including that homer over the course of his inning. But Kyle Wright, he was Mr. Wright. Now 16 wins for him. He and Tony Gonsolin lead the National League in terms of wins. Seven scoreless innings, eight strikeouts, and then Tyler Madzik, a scoreless inning. Wind up seeing the Texas Rangers really take it to the Colorado Rockies 16-4. you got to wonder if Jose Ureña is going to see another start for a while. He got four outs and he gave up nine runs on zero homers. He just got pounded and pounded and pounded. And I mean, to the credit of Austin Gomber, who was a starter towards the beginning part of the season, four and two-thirds innings scoreless out of the bullpen. From there, you would have Ulysses Chassin really light this game on fire, giving up four runs in an inning and Robert Stevenson. Two innings, he gives up three runs. Both of those gentlemen do allow a home run, by the way. is going deep. Charlie Culbertson off of Chassin. First home run of the season. And Nate Lowe gets low for his 20th home run of the season. But Martin Perez just continues to be very solid on the road. Six scoreless innings for him. Dennis Santana, fresh off the injured list. And in the last 45 days before he wound up going on the injured list, he had an ERA in that time span north of 12. Well, picking up where he left off. Four runs surrendered. He got just one out. Josh Saboris was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen from there. Jose Leclerc, Matt Moore, both deliver a scoreless inning. But for the Rangers, 9 of 20 with men in scoring position. So, vulgar display of power on that one. The Detroit Tigers as an underdog. They wind up being able to get a 6-1 win over the San Francisco Giants as Logan Webb was spun up in his own web, giving up all six runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings. Alex Young and Zach Liddell both provide a scoreless setting, and Thomas Zapucky was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless for the Giants. One of 13 with men in scoring position as Matt Manning. He saw him a little bit more like Peyton in this one with his accuracy, as he doesn't allow a single walk, six scoreless innings. Will Vest gives up a run in an inning out of the bullpen before Alex Lang, Gregory Soto, then close things out. No home runs for the Tigers, but six runs, a very welcome sign for them. The Miami Marlins continuing to not generate runs as the Marlins may have scored now four runs or fewer in 23 out of the last 24 games. 22 of them, three runs or fewer. You wind up having the Oakland A's wind up winning by kind of three to two in 10 innings for Miami. They go one of five with Ben in scoring position. They did wind up getting a home run in this one. Number seven of the campaign for Nick Fortes. And they were able to get a good start out of Ace Cesardo. Only four strikeouts, but two runs allowed over the course of seven innings. Steven Okert, Dylan Floro both give you a scoreless saying before Richard Blyer gives up the under run in the 10th inning for Oakland. You did wind up having Cole Irvin just continue to be solid at home. 11 strikeouts for a guy that's not a strikeout guy. That shows you where the Miami Marlins are in terms of their offense. 11 punch out, seven scoreless innings from there. Zach Jackson does wind up going two-thirds of an inning, giving up a run, and then Danny Menace allows that home run to Fortes, giving up one run in one and third innings before A.J. Puck scoreless inning in the 10th to be able to pick up the W. The Washington Nationals 
as north of a plus 250 underdog. And if you've been betting on these minus $3 favorites this season, if you've laid $100 on every one of them, you're down well over $1,000. I'm going to try to run the numbers tonight to see how much you're exactly down. But it's not good if you're laying the money line with these minus $3 favorites. You might have having the Nationals get it done by a count of 3-1 to one as Eliermo Vargas, the hero for the Washington Nationals. Third home run season. That comes off of Paul Sewald in the ninth inning as Sewald allows two runs on that homer over the course of his inning of work. And George Kirby, he needed his part. He does wind up giving up eight hits and seven innings, but just one run. Diego Casio, a uh, scoreless setting out of the bullpen, but for Seattle, they were just unable to cash in on opportunities. 0 of 8 with men in scoring position. Lone form of offense in this one. Julio Rodriguez, 20th home run season. That comes off of Carl Edwards Jr., who won going one and a third innings, giving up that solo run out there in the bullpen. Kyle Finnegan, Victor Arano combined to go two and two thirds innings scoreless. Hunter Harvey, pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Anibal Sanchez, who I swear is about seven years old. I think that he had to leave this game on a walker after he wanted going four and a third inning scoreless, but enough to be able to get it done. Gotta be questioning what's happening with the San Diego Padres. I'm gonna ask our good friend John Jance about that on the other side as the Guardians say why I'm taking down the Padres 7-0 as Cal Quantrill. Seven scoreless innings. Brian Shaw and Yel De Los Santos both provide a scoreless inning. I know that our good friend Matt Joseph, better known as Mid-Major Matt, came on this show and was talking up Cal Quantrill. Boy, was he correct on that one. And for the Guardians, unexpectedly, they get a trail of homers. Jose Ramirez, home runs number 24 and 25 of the season, both coming off of Blake Snell, and Snell served one up to Oscar Gonzalez, fifth home run season for Snell. Three home runs surrendered and three and a third inning, six runs in total. Bullpen from there wasn't bad, as you would wind up having a run given up in an inning by Jose Castillo, two and two-thirds inning scoreless out of Stephen Wilson. Josh Hader, very strange to see him come out in a non-save situation. He gets three strikeouts in his inning, and Nabel Crispin a scoreless inning, but certainly not what the Padres were hoping for when they made those moves at the trade line. DK Nation pick is what we were hoping for. The Philadelphia Phillies wind up getting to Thomas, wind up getting to DJ Zoik, and they wind up getting a 7-5 win. The DK Nation pick was on the over, and well, if you want to take the overnight of 8.5, this one wound up getting there in the fifth inning as for the Cincinnati Reds, they got a pair of home runs as Stuart Fairchild, home run number two of the season, and Kyle Farmer, home run number seven of the campaign. they both come off of Christopher Sanchez, gave up three runs over the course of six innings. Nick Nelson gives up a run while getting two outs out of the bullpen. Andrew Bellotti and out of the bullpen. Connor Brogdon gives up a run in an inning. And then David Robertson gets a scoreless saying to be able to reserve the run line. We'll talk a little bit more about the Phillies with John Jansen on the other side. And for the Phillies, you had JT Ryumito go yard off of Mr. Zoik. His 14th home run season for Zoik. Who had a 6.70 ERA on the road. He has now made three starts. He has given up six runs going four innings or fewer in every one of them. He gets pounded for six runs while getting eight outs in this one. From there, the bullpen actually wasn't bad. Revier St. Martin gives up one run in one and two-thirds innings. Ross Setweiler, Squirrel saying and then Art Warren, Joe Kuno, they both give four outs apiece without allowing a run, but damage had been done. The Baltimore Orioles, who have been relatively solid on the run line this season, unable to cover that on Wednesday. Five to three, the Chicago White Sox get the job done. They did wind up leaving 14 men on base, but they went 7-17 with men in scoring position, and Lucas Giolito, very good start in this one. One run surrendered over the course of six and a third innings. Kendall Graven gets five outs out of the bullpen without a lying run. Liam Hendricks, he did wind up allowing two runs in an inning, including a homer going deep for Baltimore. Austin the say his kid, 14th homer on the season, but big enough cushion that it didn't wind up mattering. Brian Baker, Keegan Aiken combined for an inning out of the bullpen. They gave up three runs after Spencer Watkins. Good start in this one. He gives up two runs over the course of six innings. Takes a loss, but not really his fault. It's Lewis Head and Nick Vespi from there wind up being able to combine for two scoreless innings. 
wind up having the Houston Astros wind up getting the run line done at home against the Minnesota Twins by a count of 5-3. to three. Twins very nearly wound up messing up that run line because in the ninth inning they were able to plate a pair of runs, but too little too late as Dylan Bundy. Not a bad start here. Didn't really look like Al giving up two runs over the course of five innings. He did allow a home run along the way to Jose Altuve. Lead-off home run, 21st home run season. Then Trey Bumu Mancini off of Michael Fulmer, 15th home run season. Former winds up giving up three runs over the course of an inning. And then Devin Spelter comes in for two scoreless innings in long relief. And for the Astros, bullpen has been a little bit shakier recently. Rafael Montero winds up giving up two runs, one of which was earned in his inning of work. And then Brian Abreu winds up giving a scoreless inning. But from Valdez on point in this start, he gets eight strikeouts, gives up just one run over the course of seven innings to be able to get the job done there. The Toronto Blue Jays go on the road, and the Boston Red Sox just continue their ineptitude against AL East teams. They've won two series against the AL East this season, and one of them was a one-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. So you the Blue Jays are able to get it done. They go just 3 of 13 with men in scoring position, but Jose Barrios was really at his road struggles this year. Not a bad start. Two runs surrendered over the course of six innings for Boston. Franchi Cordero was the main form of offense. Six home run of the season as the Red Sox go 0 of 8 with men in scoring position and the Blue Jays bullpen, they were able to lock it down. Tim Meza, Anthony Bass combined for a scoreless inning and then Adam Simber, Jordan Romano, Yimmy Garcia, they all deliver a scoreless inning. And for Boston, Brian Bello, spelled Bello, B-E-L-L-O. He says Bello to a relatively solid start. Two runs surrendered over the course of five innings. Much better than he had looked his first time around at the Major League level as Matt Barnes, John Schreiber, they both provide a scoreless inning. And the Garrett Woodlock, two scoreless innings. But Ryan Brazier gives up an under run in the 10th inning. That wound up being the difference. The Kansas City Royals wind up getting it done against the Arizona Diamondbacks by a count of 5-3 to three as Zach Gallen, six scoreless innings. Nothing he can do about the bullpen behind him being absolute trash as Joe Mantiply, who's been relatively solid this season, gives up three runs and he doesn't get it out as he allowed a bomb to Bobby Wood Jr., 18th home run of the season. He got one out and two runs surrendered from Noe Ramirez. Kevin Ginko, a pair of outs out of the bullpen, and Luis Frias lowers his ERA to 11.05 as he was able to deliver a scoreless setting in. For any like me who had the over, thank Christian Walker on this one. 30th home run season. Comes with two outs in the top of the ninth inning off of Scott Barlow, and it was a no-doubter going north of 450 feet. His 30th home run season, Dalton Varsho, he goes deep off of the starter, Brady Singer, for his 17th home run season, and for Singer, that'd be his low mistake, giving up one run over the course of seven innings. Carlos Hernandez, a scoreless setting, and then Scott Barlow gives up that home run to Walker, two runs in total over the course of his inning. You wound up having the Tampa Bay Rays get it done in 11 against the LA Angels. 4-3 to three, the final. Mike Myers, no, not the guy for my married and axe murderer. Well, he was murdering any sort of over that you might have had in this game as he goes five scoreless innings. Jimmy Arrogate, Aaron Loop, Jose Quiata from there. I'll give you a scoreless inning. It's Ryan Tapera. He lost a run in an inning and then I made Badia. In the 11th inning, one and a third innings, and he gives up 300 runs. This was the 10th and the 11th inning, just for reference, by the way, as this game was 1-1 going into the 10th inning. So, yep, that was what wound up happening in extras as Shane McClanahan, six scoreless innings. From there, Ryan Thompson and Colin Pooch were both able to combine for a scoreless inning. Jason Adam, he did wind up allowing a solo home run in his inning of work as going deep. Mike Trout for the second straight game, 26th home run of the season. P. Fairbanks, Jalen Beeks, they both wind up going in inning with Beeks giving up an unearned run in the 10th inning and then J.T. Chargua gets the win, giving up an unearned run in the 11th inning. The Chicago Cubs, they wind up getting it done against the St. Louis Cardinals by a count of 7-1 as Miles Michaelis, not necessarily his best start. 
Five runs, three of which were earned, given up in six plus innings as Zach McKinstry gets his second home run of the season from their Genesis Cabrera after Mike Litz goes six and two-thirds innings as clean up the final four outs, giving up two runs along the way. And for St. Louis, Albert Pujols, not a homer, but he winds up getting a double in this one as lone form of scoring in this one comes off the bat of Lars Nujbar. Sounds delicious. Eighth home run of the season comes off of Luke Farrell. No relation to Will as he winds up giving up one run in four and a third innings. Gave up six hits but was able to evade danger. From there, the bullpen does their job. Kirby Castro, Brandon Eos, Mark Leiter Jr. all deliver a scoreless inning. And Rowan Wick, five outs out of the bullpen without allowing a thing. Then you wind up having the Milwaukee Brewers go to L.A. And they wind up getting just completely smoked as Adrian Hauser in his first turn in quite a while for the Milwaukee Brewers. Gives up five runs in two and a third innings. The Dodgers, by the way, they wind up plating 12 runs in the first six innings of this game. As for Milwaukee, they did wind up making things a little bit more respectable with Willie Adamas getting a home run off of Andrew Heaney, 25th home run season. And for Heaney, another relatively solid start. He gets 10 strikeouts, giving up two runs over the course of six innings from there. Caleb Ferguson wandered into this game with a sub-050 ERA. Gives up two runs over the course of two-thirds of an inning before Bursetta Gratterall comes out of the bullpen. But, I mean, really, the lone form of home run power in terms of the LA Dodgers, that would be Austin Barnes, his sixth home run of the season as the Dodgers in the first seven innings of this one goes 7 of 15 with men in scoring position and it got to the point where Jason Alexander had to come in in long relief and this one he wound up lying that home run. Hobie Milner gives up four runs in two-thirds of an inning and Peter Strzelski wound up giving a pair of outs out of the bullpen as well so we wound up seeing a tragic end there for the Milwaukee Brewers but with that said what has not been tragic is if you've been taking a look at unders in Major League Baseball over the last three days because unders are hitting at a clip of 53.5% 205 unders to 179 overs in the science fan home favorites. They've had right around 60 and a half percent. 247 and 161 straight up. The home favorites have really been the good ones. 153 and 88 straight up. Hitting at about 63 and a half percent. And among home favorites we have seen all but 39 be able to cover the run line as well. And if you take a look at the season to date, favorites are hitting just below 60 percent. 1,099 and 737 straight up home favorites. They're hitting at closer to 60.3%, 694 and 458 and the under, it's hitting at about 51.8, 51.7% for the season as we've seen 904 unders to 842 overs. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now and that's what we wound up getting on Wednesday. Now let's turn the page forward to Thursday and talk a little bit about the NL East and the National League playoff picture as a whole with our good friend John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler next. Right here on the baseball betting show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in the Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And it is always great to be joined by this guest as John Jansen does a terrific job over there at Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler. He has a show the line change from 8 to 11 p.m. Pacific time if you're out here on the West Coast. That is from 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And while he does all sorts of great work taking a look at the game of baseball, he's getting set for all forms of football as well. Also does a little bit of gaming over there at RP Gamer, a company that is based out there in my home state of Wisconsin. So very well-rounded gentleman, a guy that does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at so many different markets. And to be able to follow John on Twitter, that is at jjansen34. And John, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And we're starting to get that time of year where it's not just baseball betting, it's football betting now making its way in. So it's getting to be that time of the year, Greg. It is getting to be that time of the year. And it's getting to be that time of the year to where teams that are, shall we say, out of the race, like I'm looking at UC Cincinnati Reds, are trotting out there some less than trustworthy starters. And as a result, we're seeing a situation where your home state Philadelphia Phillies they're finding themselves $3 favorites on Thursday going up against Justin Dunn and company of the Cincinnati Reds. And there are a lot of cases where I take a look at these big, giant underdogs. And I see value on them. I'm not sure about you, but even at right around like a plus 260, plus 270, I'm not seeing it in a guy in Justin Dunn who's given up five and a half walks per nine innings. Typically, this would be a spot where I'd be taking a look at value, but I think we might be looking at an unbackable side on Thursday. Yeah, and you're right to look at those sides. I know Washington just beat Seattle, and that was a yep. big money line. You know, there have been so many of these, whether it's uh, some Pirates games, and you know, seeing a team that's like over three dollars or even four dollars on the money line, it's like okay, well, now you have to look at the other side. You know, this is this is getting to be too much. I don't know if this is one of those here. You know, the only thing you could maybe sell me on is that Aaron Nola hasn't been his sharpest in the past couple of starts, but this is not the kind of team that I would worry about Aaron Nola with. Aaron Nola strikes. Takes out a lot of batters. He's fifth right now in strikeouts. And what do the Reds do just about as much as anybody else? They strike out a ton. So I worry about Nolan when he gets to teams that, you know, get a lot of hard contact, you know, home run hitting teams. The Reds aren't that team. It's a lot of swing and miss. And when that matchup comes for Nola, he should dominate it. So while Nola hasn't been his best, it's it's not a game I could take against him, though, because he honestly is probably going to mow down this Reds lineup. 
And I do think that it is important to take a look at our teams wanting to perform before the trade and after as well, because I think it's fair to say the Cincinnati Reds did not have the world's worst offense towards the beginning part of the season. But now Brandon Drury gets traded. Tommy Pham winds up getting traded. They're trotting out their guys like Aristides Aquino, Jose Barrero, insert your random catcher that can't hit here. And I do think that you need to evaluate some of these teams a little bit differently now than you did prior to the trade deadline, like the Cincinnati Reds. And even in that nature as well, like the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen, even though they're down a few pieces, having David Robertson means that the losses of someone like a Corey Knable, they're a little bit less than they would have been in, say, June or July. Yeah, and it's right to look at teams like that. A good example, you know, now that the, the Phillies are in a series against the Reds, Barrero has a now 20-game strikeout streak. So he struck out even again last night against the Phillies in that Phillies-Reds game. And so, like, yeah, even though the Reds have been striking out a ton, like, you can add even more because Barrero has been playing a lot and he's been striking out like crazy. So it's been pretty tricky you know you just want to look at the overall stats because it's such a big sample size and you know how could that go wrong but yeah you really do take a look and look and you have to look at these teams in other ways as well especially a team or in the opposite direction like the cardinals you know they have jordan montgomery now like that team looks extremely good and you know maybe not on a game-to-game basis that's going to take effect but just the fact that now i think they're starting rotations better you know i look at them in such a different way so it's really taken into account but it's especially with these bad teams like the reds you have to be very cautious about because even though you could say hey they they haven't been that bad they've been playing somewhat better but all of the better has been pretty much gone and left at this point yeah when the cincinnati reds wind up having to start tj zoik who had a 670 era at the minor leagues and somehow some way got his third start of the season yesterday how he got one start still baffles my mind but you think number four is coming let's hope so because he has been relatively money as a fade taking a look at the over and taking a look at the other team's run line so hopefully he winds up continuing i'm sure that he doesn't like getting banged around like a pinata but i like making money and if the money's (laughs) going to come out like a pinata i will certainly take it as we do have john jansen of fox sports philadelphia the gambler joining me on the podcast and then we do have a team that is actually an even bigger favorite than the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday. And call me crazy, but I do think that there might be a little bit of value here with the Colorado Rockies. They're taking on the New York Mets and the Mets. As a matter of fact, they are finding themselves a $3 favorite. In a lot of spots right now, they're finding themselves a $4 favorite. And once again, I was mentioning it. I can't wind up firing on the Reds, but a lot of times when we do wind up seeing these teams north of $3, there's a little bit of value. And I just always think there needs to be a little bit of caution and backing Jacob DeGrom because obviously he does an amazing job. This guy is one of the best pitchers of this generation. If he continues on this trajectory, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But laying $4 on a guy in Jacob DeGrom that he was supposed to start on Tuesday, they had to push him back. He's been dominant when he's been out there, but he's only exceeded six innings once, so it leaves it a lot to the bullpen. I'm not sure. It just feels like a case of which we've seen overinflated for that DeGrom name. Yes, it is definitely overinflated. It's just a principle also, like I, I have to remember the last time I saw like a $4 favorite and the underdog cash. And in my mind, I said, look, I just have to take these. Like it's it's a shot in the dark that's worth taking because you're getting such a big underdog money line. And I actually think it's worth it here. You know, the Mets are coming off a bad series against the Yankees, just a two game series, but lost both of those. You could say, oh, well, the Mets are back at home and they're going to look better. You know, they're coming off of that. But the thing 
is, that's also a tough series against the Yankees. You know, usually coming out of those series are pretty tough. And Colorado, I know they're pitching somebody by the name of Ryan Feltner, who has not been very good, 5.880 ERA, but the 1.39 whip is kind of respectable and not even just that. But the fact that we know the Mets lineup can go cold at times, if you're looking at just like average and slugging on base percentage, you know, some of these like just smaller stats, Colorado throughout the season has been just as good. A lot of that has to do with them being in Colorado, but look, you know, this isn't a Mets offense that is like the best in the league. They can sometimes have these bad games and Colorado getting this much money. I I kind of agree with you. It's not saying that it is going to happen, but no way can I pass up on, on a like plus 300 money line just for one game when I know Jacob DeGrom too just had a start pushed back. I don't know if DeGrom's going to be out there for seven innings or eight innings. You know, this may be going to be a five, six inning game and you get the bullpen the rest of the way. So I'm with you. I just think it's worth taking that chance. And just taking a look at the landscape of the National League, these things are getting tighter and tighter with the New York Mets. They still have their lead. And I do think that in the end, we are still going to see the Mets wind up being able to win this division, but there has to be a little bit of concern the fact that DeGrom did not wind up making his start on Tuesday. The Mets, they are now having a one-and-a-half game lead over the Atlanta Braves after they just pounded the tar of another team out there in the state of Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. That was just not even fair at this point, but I do take a look at this National League East. No doubt the Phillies are just out of it in terms of the East, even if they wind up playing scorched-earth-style baseball here the rest of the season, being 10 games out at this point. It's just a little bit too much to overcome, but I do take a look at the way that the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets are playing in. All three of these teams, I think, are very formidable coming into the postseason. The Phillies were your base. They've really, other than the Atlanta Braves, been the hottest team in the National League ever since the beginning of the month of June. And take a look at all three of these teams. And I don't think that either of these three should be counted out. And the big question is, what road are these three teams going to get? Which I think the matchup that they wind up drawing in the postseason is going to determine how far they do wind up going. It's all it's going to be in his matchups. And, you know, if the Phillies obviously have to take on like a team like the Mets at any point, you know, they've been really bad against them. So that's been kind of the discussion here in Philadelphia is like, well, if you had a chance, who would you rather face the Dodgers or the Mets? And right now people would say the Dodgers just because the Mets have absolutely killed the Phillies. But it all obviously comes down to how that schedule lays out. But I think they're all formidable. And the one I would have to convince you the most of is, of course, the Phillies, because the Braves are great. Look, the Braves have, did it last year. The Braves have a great team again this year. They just had a great series against Houston, they had a great series against the Mets, and they're a game and a half back from the NL East, which I didn't think any team was going to get back in that division race. It would be the Phillies I had to convince you of, though. We haven't seen, I think, the Phillies with the sum of their parts together because now we're starting to see the lineup get better after it just went cold and Bryce Harper is about to in- inject himself into it very soon. If it's not Friday, it's going to be sometime during the weekend. He's ready to go. But the bullpen, you know, now dealing with some injury issues. Now, Canable's out for the year. That's a big blow. But Sir Anthony Dominguez, just 15-day IL, triceps injury, you know, I expect him to be back and hopefully healthy. And if that's the case, it's easy to count out the Phillies. I I'm not there yet. Like, I know it just happened that they just had this really bad series against the Mets, but the Mets are a great team and the Phillies just haven't done well against them, but they've competed against the Braves. They competed against the Dodgers. They've competed against the Padres. I think the Phillies, once they do get the sum of their parts together and we see that as a whole for the first time, I think it's going to end up looking better because the bottom of the lineup sitting well with Bryson Stott now looking like a legitimate, not just legitimate, but like pretty good major league player. 
Kyle Schwarber has been great. Reese Hoskins has been great. Nick Castellanos and JT Ramuto finally starting to heat up. You add an MVP player into that, you know, and I really like that. I think the starting rotation's fine. It's just had a couple bad starts, but for the most part, Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez all have been excellent. I just would say don't count out the Phillies. I'm there with the Mets and the Braves. I think they're both great teams, but I do believe the Phillies together, you know, once everything's healthy and once everything's there, I think that is a really good team. And I think that it's just so interesting. Take a look at the National League. As joining me on the podcast, we do have John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, because I've been saying this for quite a while, and I just keep taking a look, and every single day it reinforces what I've been saying in terms of this situation. The National League, in terms of the top teams, it's much more equally dispersed in terms of the talent. It's much more of a smaller differential between team number one and, say, team number four, rather than in the American League, where in the American League, you got the Houston Astros, your clear number one. I still think that the Yankees are clear number two, even with their struggles. They bounce back. Yeah. They knock off the Mets twice. That was a big series that they needed, and they look to be getting healthy as well as they deal with some injuries in terms of their lineup. But I think that with regards to the National League, because I still think that the Dodgers, they are the team to beat. But as we know, once again, you need a team that winds up struggling in October. Exhibit A is the LA Dodgers, <laughs> other than 2020. They have not been able to get the job done, but I just take a look at the top of the National League. It just feels like the playoff race out there, it is much more wide open than the American League, where it's pretty much the Astros one, Yankees two, everyone else is competing for third. Yeah, and it's because, you know, the National League, these teams are all kind of flawed in a way, but it's not like the Yankees, which are like very flawed of a team. They can only do it one way. Like still, you know, I think the Braves are very good. I know you could probably look at the starting rotation and it's good, but it looks a little bit thin compared to if you maybe put them up against the Mets or even the Dodgers, but the lineup's so great. Like the Phillies, obviously the bullpen's the issue, but sometimes that hasn't actually been a problem. You know, the Mets have that starting rotation and the bullpen. Edwin Diaz, a great closer. It's just the lineup. The Dodgers seem to have everything, but now, you know, starting rotation, now they know they're not going to have Walker Bueller. That becomes a bit of a question mark. And of course, Craig Kimbrell's not having a great season, but, you know, they still have a great lineup and overall depth everywhere. These teams are very good and all flawed in such a small way that you go, okay, well, here's the chance another team can come in. Like, I just think these teams all have talent. I think these, and I don't want to forget the Cardinals either. I think I forget them too much, even though I did have them to win the division and it looks like they're going to. I, I think I even forget about them too much. Now, their biggest problem, and they are flawed more than every other team, I think at least. They have a lot of starting rotation problems. So Jordan Montgomery's been a nice addition. He's been great for them, but how long does that last? So the Cardinals, to me, also a good team that we need to mention. Again, I think they're really flawed compared to some of the others. But yeah, it's just, it's a very good league. And I think part of it has to do with the Dodgers. And like you just said, they're lack of postseason success at times and the fact that they have seemed like the let series slip away that they shouldn't. And Houston is a great team and they're at the top of that league. And of course, they haven't. You know, they've been a playoff team. They've been a team that's won multiple World Series. They just always seem to get it done. So just because the Dodgers do leave that little window open and then you look at the rest league, you go, okay, well, now it's it's very good. And every team almost has a chance. Every team that will be in the playoffs, except for maybe the Padres, but every other team I think will have a chance. Oh, and with the San Diego Padres, they're not going to be in action. But what do you just make out of everything not coming together? Because I really feel like the Cardinals lucked out by not getting Juan Soto because in baseball, unlike in basketball where you trade away two guys that average like 12 points per game and you get in return someone that averages 18 points per game, you'd rather have the guy that averages 18 points per game in a lot of circumstances rather than the two ancillary pieces. In baseball, 
So much of this has to do with depth. I mean, we were just talking about it with the Philadelphia Phillies, the fact that they've absorbed so many losses in terms of the lineup that they've been able to maintain because guys like Brace and Son and company have been able to step up. And I take a look at the Padres right now, and it felt like they probably wanted giving away a little bit too much for Juan Soto. They actually gave away a few guys, like even a Luke Voigt, that they're MOB level players and I just take a look at this Padres team and with trying to get a bunch of offense in a very pitcher friendly ballpark and Josh Hader going straight down the toilet bowl isn't helping either it just feels like a blend that is not working and I think that the Padres have put themselves in a bad circumstance for a very long time with what they've done here yeah for a team that's kind of gone all in on lineup and like creating just a bunch of mashers and great hitters it's just too many times where I look at that scoreboard and I see zero runs or like a couple runs like that's not how that shut up by Cal Quattrall exactly yeah I looked at that score today and I'm like that that team's just never going to get it done because they're they're not built to win those kind of games because I don't know about you Greg I do not like their starting pitching I think Clevenger's fine I think you Darvish is fine I don't like Blake Snell it's another thing but obviously Joe Musgrove is great number one but like the rest I have so many question marks about and I just don't think like their names that we know and at times they can be good but they they get hit hard often. I hate their starting pitching. They got Hater to try and be a closer, and he's nowhere near it. I mean, he is bad, 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 bad. It's to the point where, like, man, he could probably use some time. It's not going to happen. But like, man, maybe he can use some time, like, in AAA fixing his mechanics. Like, it just seems lost at this point to put him out there in any game, any situation. But that lineup was supposed to be the saving grace in Juan Soto. But things take time, too. You know, everybody thinks it's just so easy. Oh, just insert Soto into that lineup, and he'll hit the way he did in Washington. It never works that way. Something for the long term that the Padres did that that could be good for this season, I don't see it. And a lot of that comes down to their pitching, and a lot of that comes down to new pieces in there that just aren't going to do exactly what they need them to do right away. Yep, I am in total agreement with you there. And if you take a look at Josh Hader, the last 11 pitching appearances that he's had, he's got, and I'm not even kidding here, five home runs allowed in seven and two-thirds innings with an 18.78 ERA. When your ERA in that time span is greater than the year that the Civil War wound up ending, here's a shocker. That's not going well. Boy, it is not necessarily the world's greatest situation there for Josh Hader, but it's always a great situation. It's getting you on, John. You do a great job over there. It's Fox Sports, Philadelphia, the gambler. I know that you're taking a look at all the Philadelphia teams and really the game of baseball in general and getting set for a great football season. So let the good people at home know they're able to get all of your shows and all of your work on social media and other platforms. Yeah, we have so many things planned for the football season, and we've been doing that all week, kind of getting it all together. It's exciting. So all the football stuff's coming. Just follow me at jjansen34 for that, but also follow us at FoxPHLGambler. And I'm sure you already have the iHeartRadio app downloaded so you can listen to V but you can also listen to the gambler as well just search up the gambler on the iHeartRadio app if you want to hear me from time to time but yeah i'm on with sean brace tuesday thursdays from three to six the rest of the time you can listen to me seven to nine every single day so yeah it's going to be very exciting for football season so excited that's coming but still i don't want to forget about baseball so glad i can come on here and talk some ball too every once in a while and john does a great job taking a look at the game of baseball and Philadelphia is going to be seeing some great baseball here down the stretch into the postseason, and it's going to be very intriguing to take a look at them. And John, one of the best in the business of being able to do so. So big thanks to John Jansen for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. It can be picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday. And we touch them all. From BBC Radio 4. 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. 
You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is always a pleasure to get John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler Board. He does an amazing job. Take a look at the game of baseball. I know that he's doing a great job getting set for football. And he does a great job covering all things out there in the Philadelphia area as well. Always delivers the goods on this podcast, so it was great to be able to get him aboard today. Big thanks to John. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games. We currently do not have any interleague games. Those will be at the bottom and just a nine game slate today, so a little bit of a smaller one as we do begin with the earliest National League game of 901. I know two on the betting board. The St. Louis Cardinals are on the 
the road facing off against the Chicago Cubs. Marcus Roman is going to be going for the Cubs, and Dakota Hudson is on the bump for the Cardinals. Cardinals are between minus 122 and minus 130 favorites, between plus 110 and plus 115, your price on the Cubs. Right now, I'm seeing initial line on the total at DraftKings of 9.5, under is minus 120, and the over is even on that. Most books will delay until the AM to post up a line on the total, just because it is very much based on the win, but if you take a look at the win, very, very light. It looks like it's going to be between 2 and 5 miles per hour throughout the entirety of the game, blowing out at the beginning and then blowing inward a little bit towards the end of the game, but really should not wind up playing too much of a factor in this one, and this is a circumstance where I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3. You do have a Chicago Cubs team that they do have a little bit of a shortage of power. You've got two guys in Wilson Contreras, coupled with Patrick Wisdom that have been able to crank out 20-plus home runs, and along with Contreras, you do have Ian App, who's been able do a solid job getting on base, giving the team right around a 350-ish on base, but I do think that Dakota Hudson actually set up in a relatively good spot here with Hudson. Never necessarily been too bullish on him. He's always been a ground ball pitcher that gives out more walks than he needs to. He gives out right around four and a half walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, it is barely above five and a half, and yet he's been able to get by with a 433 ERA. He does have his struggles on the road, and that is a big reason why I did mind him saying the Cubs as a favorite in this spot as well. It's Hudson, 325 home ERA, 534 ERA on the road with opponents sitting right in the neighborhood about a 263 off of him, and then for Marcus Stroman. He has had some big-time home struggles, but I mentioned it with the Wrigley Field win. A lot of times when he winds up taking the mound, the wind has been blowing out on him at home, which is why he's got a 662 home ERA with eight home runs given up in 35 and a third innings compared to four bombs and 56 and a third innings on the road with a road ERA of a 208. So, I do think that this is going to reverse itself a little bit with Stroman right around 8.2 strikeouts at two and a half walks per nine innings, so he's done a relatively solid job of being able to hold down the fort end. When it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals team, the one thing that you're able to bake on is you two guys in the middle being able to produce. You've got Paul Goldschmidt along with Nolan Arenado. These two guys entering into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday. A combined 57 home runs. You've got Arenado hitting right around 300, more like a 335-ish when it comes to Paul Goldschmidt. These guys have been amazing. But Albert Pools, how about the ageless wonder that Albert Pools has been ever since the All-Star break? He is getting a home run every less than 10 at-bats. He has been hitting nearly a 400 since the All-Star break. It has been incredible. And then Lars Nootbaar has been able to pick it up for this bunch as well. Not necessarily going to give you a whole bunch of home runs or anything like that, though. He has been able to deliver a pair of home runs in his last 14 games, but has been hitting to right around about a 450 on base over the last five weeks. So he's been able to do a great job of being able to contribute for the St. Louis lineup. And then you just take a look at the Cubs and some of these guys like a Nelson Velasquez, Zach McKinstry, Jan Gomes. They've had their struggles. Rafael Ortega is expecting a little bit more out of him. Now, guys like Nick Madrigal, Chris Formorell, they're in about a 255, and Nico Horner is someone I do like, but I do think that that is going to play a little bit of a factor here, but I do think that the Cubs have a big starting pitching matchup, and that's going to be big because the bullpen did wind up having to go through some transition at the trade deadline. Rowan Wick over the last, we're going to call it 35 or so days, he's been able to post up a sub-3 ERA, and Brandon Hughes is someone I do like in this bullpen, but they had to give Luke Farrell a start yesterday, Kirby Castro, it's not too terrific in the bullpen, and for the St. Louis Cardinals, they're currently dealing with a big ailment of their own, Ryan Elsley, sub-150 ERA, he's currently on the injury list, so they're looking at guys like Jojo Romero, Chris Stratton, both of these guys have north of a 4 ERA for this season, Jordan Hicks has an essay been too terrific, I like Giovanni Gallegos along Genesis Cabrera, but I do think that Stroman going to be able to deliver the better start. You've got a ground ball pitcher out there in Hudson, another ground ball pitcher in Stroman with not a lot of wind out there in Wrigley Field. So I do think that the ball is going to be staying in the yard. Semi-toll at 8.3. I'm looking under 
as to the number that we've got initially at DraftKings of 9.5. And, and with the Cubs, I feel like they should be a minus 118 favorite because I do think that Stroman is going to go out there and give a good performance. So, looking Cubs and looking under 903, 904 on the betting board, it is the Philadelphia Phillies playing OC Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on at Cincinnati, and they're looking to get her done with Justin Dunn and Aaron Supernola is on the bump for the Phillies. The Phillies. Big favorites, anywhere between minus two ninety and minus three dollars. Anywhere between plus two fifty and plus two sixty five. Your price on the red legs eight and a half is your total. The under is minus one fifteen and the over is minus one oh five. And with the Phillies, I did want to make it them the biggest favorite on the board. I was willing to go up to minus three twenty five on them. If you're taking a look at the run line, it's between minus one forty five and minus one fifty. And I was willing to go up to a minus one sixty with the Phillies. There's just no trusting in Justin Dunn. He was able to give a relatively solid start last time out against. Pittsburgh Pirates, but keep in mind that was against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you just take a look at the lineup that Pittsburgh is throwing out there. We wound up seeing it on full display yesterday when they got destroyed by kind of 14 and 2. And you've got so many guys like Josh Van Meter, Onyo Cruz, Tokopika, Medicano, Badris Medeiros, Tyler Heineman. You're able to go down the list of guys earning a 215 or lower. You've had Brian Reynolds be a constant for this team. They would do a nice job being able to deliver 20 home runs. He, Ben Gamble, Cabrian A's, all in between about a 249 to a 255. And then Kevin Newman finally got a home run yesterday. He's been able to about a 265. He moves the line, but a lot of dead bats when it comes to this Pittsburgh Pirates team. And for the Pirates, well, they wound up having to use up quite a bit of their bullpen yesterday as Mitch Keller was unable to make it through four full innings. So that means that Colin Holderman wound up having to get used up along with Will Crow, Dwayne Underwood Jr., three of guys with a sub-4 ERA. You do have available Chase Young, who's been able to provide a sub-250 ERA. He's able to give you multiple innings, but certainly not ideal for this bunch. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Philadelphia Phillies, and you've got Kyle Schwarber back in the fold. He's been able to for the team overall this season, right around about a 215, but what he's been able to do a great job of being able to go yard. He's been able to crank out north of 30 home runs for this bunch. And then on top of that, JT Riumito, Nick Cassianos, both of these guys in between about a 265 to 270. And for JT Riumito, over the last 45 days, he's been relatively the best hitting catcher in the big leagues. 375 on base, as a matter of fact, over the last five weeks. Nick Mayton at the bottom of the fold is hitting above a 300. Bryce Harper should be back relatively soon for this team as well. Al Bohm has been able to move the line now with the Phillies. You are missing a few bullpen pieces. Corey Knables or Anthony Dominguez. These guys are out of the full, but Connor Brogdon has been able to post up a sub-250 ERA, but able to get good production out of Brad Hand as well. And then for the flip side of the Cincinnati Reds, this is a bullpen in which it's currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of ERA. TJ Zoic was unable to deliver a whole lot of length yesterday. Alexis Diaz, he's been able to post up a sub-250 ERA and Really past that, he's the only guy that's got a sub-350 ERA that's going to be available. Hunter Strickland, Art Warren, Joe Kuno, Ian Gabo, all these guys have been terrible for this Reds team. And with these Cincinnati Reds, you do have a couple guys that are able to get on base. Jonathan India, Nick Senzel, they're in between about a 242-250. Kyle Farmer's been able to move the line, and the Donovan Solano hitting above a 320 right now, but Stuart Fairchild, who did wind up going yard yesterday, along with Jose Barrero, Aristide Sakino, a lot of guys hitting a 200 or lower pretty much in spots 5 through 9 in the lineup. And Aaron Nola, he has actually been significantly better when he has been on the road as compared to at home, which is a complete reversal from his career, where typically for his career, he's been posting up a 0.75 differential in ERA home to road with it being better at home. But this year, 454 home ERA, 213 ERA on the road, giving up 12 home runs and 73 in the third innings at home. More like 4 home runs and 84 in the third innings on the road with opponents saying a 220 in both environments. Strikeouts per 9 rate, relatively 
relatively similar in both spots as well. I do think that Aaronola going to get a little bit more positive look with regards to fly balls in his home ballpark, and you just don't have a red seam that's able to take him a yard. I did wind up saying my total at 8.2 because I do think that Justin Dunn has some relatively okay stuff in terms of being able to get swings and misses, but the big thing for him is that first career, he's giving up five and a half walks per nine innings. He's given up five home runs in 13 and a third innings at the big league level. At the minor league level, he was not sharp either. I want absolutely no part of him, though. I do think that it's going to be a little bit lower scoring because I do think that Aaron Ola is going to do a good job of shutting down the Cincinnati Reds at my total at 8.2, so looking under on 8.5, Animal and take the Phillies up to a minus 160 on that run line. 9 to 5, 9 to 6 on the bank board. The New York Mets are going to be playing off the Colorado Rockies. Ryan Feltner is going to be going for the Rockies, and Jacob deGrom is going to be on the bump for the Mets. The Mets are a very sizable favorite. They were between as low as a minus 382, as high as a minus 410. And with the Colorado Rockies, the lowest I'm finding is a plus 320. The highest I'm finding is a plus 345. Your total on this game is 7. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And if you're looking at the run line of the Mets, anywhere between minus 165 and minus 175. And that's where we went just a little bit too far. I needed at least a plus 322 to take a shot on the Rockies. This is certainly not one of these cases where I think the wrong team is favored or anything like that, but... Good grief. Jacob DeGrom wound up having to get a start against the New York Yankees. Skipped a little bit for Jacob DeGrom. Yes, he has been looking very good. 37 strikeouts over the course of 23 and a third innings. That 100-mile-per-hour fastball is back with them, but I mean, man... The guy has made four starts this season. He has went north of six innings once. The strikeout numbers, once again, they are there, but he has also shown that he is still a little bit hittable. In a baseball game against a team that they are, would love nothing more than to play spoiler, I can't lay this number. I set it out a plus 322 with the Rockies, and for Ryan Feltner, this would be a nice place to be able to make a statement, and for Feltner's last start against the San Francisco Giants was a good one. Gave up one run in six innings at home against the San Francisco Giants. Now, he's had his failures as well. Previous two starts, he had given up 11 runs over the course of 10 innings, but do take a look at our good friend Mr. Feltner, and this is someone that has been able to give up right around three walks per nine innings. His strike has per nine rate hovering in the neighborhood of eight. Should he be an underdog? Absolutely. Especially he's backed up by a bottom five bullpen in the big leagues in the Colorado Rockies that it did wind up getting used up quite a bit yesterday as he didn't wind up getting the world's greatest start out of Jose Reña as he went one and a third innings but Daniel Bard is going to be available for the team. He's been posting up a sub-350 ERA. They've had Tyler Kinley out of the full for quite a while and Alex Calmay being on the injured list that does wind up hurting them but Denalso Lamette is someone that you're able to look to for multiple innings. I think that there's a little bit of upside there. Carlos Aceves has been able to come along for the ride a little bit as well for the Colorado Rockies. They do, no question, wind up getting a lot more power at home rather than on the road, right around 1.2 home runs per game at Coors on the road. It winds up falling to right around 0.65, but Jose Iglesias on the road has been able to above a 3 Now, you do need Brandon Rogers to wind up having his home production wind up translating to the road because among his 11 home runs this season, 10 of them have wound up coming at home. It's a 317 at home, 237 on the road, and so many guys like CJ Crone along with Randall Kirchick, they've got similar splits, but I do think that this has just went a little bit too lofty, especially with the Mets bullpen that they've been relatively solid recently. Edwin Diaz, he is amazing out there in the bullpen. I would say that he's been the best closer all season long, but the bridge you get him there has been a little bit shaky. Yoli Rodriguez has posted up right around a five ERA. Michael Gibbons, ever since he wanted getting into town, has not been too terrific for the Mets as he's been posting up a nine ERA in the city of New York. You've had 
ups and downs when it comes to Seth Lugo has been a little bit better recently and Adam Montevino has been solid and then for the Mets you do have quite a few guys that they do a solid job of being able to get on base Pete Alonso 30 home runs north of 100 RBI is he Francisco Lindor Mark Canna able to throw in there in a Mets uniform Daniel Fogelback's numbers and then you're also able to throw in their Brandon Nimmo inning between about a 264 to a 274 on Sterling Marte he's been getting closer to a 300 but I just think that we went up a little bit too high with this number should the Rockies be an underdog yes we have seen the failures of $3 favorites. We wound up seeing it with the Seattle Mariners on Wednesday, no less. So I am being able to get this number, and I'm seeing it go up to a plus 355 as I do this at Circa right now on the Rockies. I'm going to be willing to take this Mondo number if they wind up getting blown out. They wind up getting blown out, and I do think that Felder is going to get blown up a little bit in this start, which is why I did wind up saying Matilda at some point, too. And I think that the Rockies, they get a couple runs against Jacob DeGrom. I'm willing to take the over, and I'm willing to take the Mondo number being offered to me here with the Colorado Rockies. 907 908 on the betting board. It is the LA Angels. They throw the face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. As you got Drew Rasmussen, who's going to be on the bump for the Rays. Patrick Sandoval is on the bump for the Angels. Angels are a sizable underdog. Anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160. Meanwhile, anywhere between minus 167 and minus 178 is your price on the Tampa Bay Rays. 6.5 is your total. Overs between minus 120 and minus 125. The unders anywhere between plus 105 and even money. So my total is 7.1. So I'm going to be willing to take a nibble here on the over. And when it comes to the Angels, I needed at least a plus 166 to take a shot. But if you take a look at the run line of the Tampa Bay Rays, you're finding that at a plus 130. I needed at least a plus 125 to be able to get there. Where I'm taking a look at is the Rays run line. I would either take Rays run line or Angels money line. I'm seeing a little bit more of an edge right now with the Rays run line. And I do think that Drew Rasmussen coming off of his very near perfect game bid, he has been able to really find a little bit of something as over the course of his last four starts, he has given up a combined four runs, no homers, three walks in this time span. It's never been a master of being able to get swings and misses, but still is able to deliver right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. And then on the flip side for Patrick Sandoval, he's been doing a good job of being able to get swings and misses. Nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. The fear that you have with him is that he gives up a little bit over four walks per nine innings. He's actually been better on the road rather than at home. 291 road ERA compared to a 338 ERA at home. And the Trump, it is one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks that you're going to find out there in baseball. So suits him very well as he's given up less than a half home run per nine innings. But I just have that fear that the Tampa Bay Rays are just going to let him throw some balls, knock him out of the game early. And then you wind up getting into an Angels bullpen that it's not great right now. Jimmy Herget, along with Jose Cuiata, both of these guys have actually been relatively solid, posting up a sub-370 ERA, but Aaron Liu, Brian Tabera, both of these guys have been big disappointments. 368 ERA or greater with two of your more trustworthy guys. Jesse Chavez, that's getting to LA. He's got north of a 9 ERA. If you need long relief, I may, but he has been relatively solid, but I don't have a lot of faith in Patrick Sandoval being able to give great length, which is the issue here. And for the LA Angels, if you got Mike Trout back in fold, he had a home run a little bit earlier in this series, but I mean, you take a look at the bottom of the fold for the Angels. Guys like Kurt Suzuki, along with Andrew Velasquez, Phil Goslin, Max Tassi, Joe Adele, all these guys sitting at 270 or lower. It makes it really hard for the team because David Fletcher has been able to move the line since he's been back up at the big league level, hitting above a 280 for this team. And Troy Otani, he's still able to give you a, about a 265 average. He's been able to crank out more than 25 home runs, but once you wind up getting down to the bottom, that's where rallies go to die. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, you do have a little bit more consistency with the lineup. Francisco Mejia, Randy Arozarena, along David Peralta, only between about a 252, 262. Yandy Diaz, 385 on base. So these guys have been solid. You still have guys like Taylor Walls, 
Yu Chang and company at the bottom of the fold that have been rough and for the race. They do rank in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game. Randy Arozarena, the only guy with north of 15 home runs at 17. You've been able to have Isaac Paredes crank out 15 bombs, but getting back Harold Ramirez, a guy that's able to move the line with a 375 on base is big and Rasmussen backed up by an absolutely amazing bullpen. Jason Adam, a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, both of these guys have a sub-3-3 ERA. I mean, heck, John Armstrong has had his ups and downs this season, but he's been able to pitch much better recently, so I do think that the Tampa Bay Rays should be able to win this game rather convincingly because I do think that they hold down the Angels at Frisandoval. I think that he's going to be able to deliver some good innings, but I think that this goes over when the Rays wind up getting into that bad Angels bullpen set by total at 7.1 looking over and will take plus 125 or greater on the Rays run line. 909-910 on the betting board. You've got the Cleveland Guardians sitting the road face off against the Seattle Mariners, and what's going to be my DK Nation pick? Tristan McKenzie is going to be going for the Guardians and Marco Gonzalez is on the bump for Seattle. Total on this game is 7.5. The unders any between minus 115 and minus 120. The overs any between even and minus 105. With the Guardians, you're finding them between a minus 116 and a minus 125 favorite. And between plus 105 and plus 112 is your price on the Mariners. And with the Mariners, I did wind up setting them as a very slight favorite. They had their struggles yesterday against Washington Nationals being able to put runs up on the board. But DK Nation pick is going to be on the over. For one, you want to keep in mind that this is going to be a day game out there in Seattle. Ball winds are traveling so much more in these West Coast ballparks during the day rather than the nighttime. I do not think that that is worth glossing over, but for the Seattle Mariners, I do think that the guys that were unable to come through yesterday are going to be able to do so a little bit more today. They want to going O of 8 with men in scoring position, and you've got Ty France, who has been a liability ever since he also rake hitting right around 200. That's not been great, but and Eugenio Suarez, along with Julio Rodriguez, both of these guys have been able to crank out 20 plus home runs this season. Rodriguez, he also ranks in the top five in the American League in terms of stolen bases. J.P. Crawford has done a good job of being able to move the line all season. He and Mitch Hanniger in between about a 255 and a 265 and don't want to gloss over Mitch Hanniger being back in the fold as well. He had 39 home runs last season and for the Seattle Mariners the bullpen has been relatively supreme ever since the beginning of the month of June. As a matter of fact, I believe that is still number one in terms of bullpen ERA, but we are starting to see a little bit of regression with some of these pieces because Andres Munoz, Diego Castillo they wound up having really, really bad starts to the season, then they were really able to pick it up in the month of June and the month of July, but you take a look at what's happened with some of these bullpen pieces ever since the All-Star break. We have seen a little bit of regression here. Matthew Fessa is north of a 4 ERA in this time span. You've been having your ups and downs with Penn Murphy as ERA has been going to more around a 3 ever since the All-Star break as well. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Cleveland Guardians, and they did wind up having to use up Emmanuel Classe yesterday. Going to be a little bit of a tough trip for them as they wind up having to play a game against the San Diego Padres, and then they travel to play a day game here, so a little bit of a tight turnaround as Class A and Brian Shaw were the guys used up yesterday, so you're still going to have James check you're still going to have someone like a Trevor Steven, these guys have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA, and for the Cleveland Guardians, what is interesting about them is that they're the second-worst team in terms of home runs on a per-game basis this season as they entered into the day that we wound up seeing yesterday with 96 home runs overall for the season, but they wind up getting a lot of their power on the road overall this season. They've got 60 home runs on the road compared to, if I did the math correctly, 36 home runs at home. It's been absolutely amazing. Jose Ramirez, among his home runs, 15 of them have on it coming on the road, and you've got so many guys that are able to move the line as Amid Rosario, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, Josh Naylor, Ramirez, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Andres Jimenez, all these guys. They had at least a 270 for this bunch. They are currently leading the big leagues in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per at basis, and you know a guy who has not been able to get a lot of strikeouts and a guy that has given up a lot of hard contact yeah, that's right. That would be our good friend Marco Gonzalez. As thus far this season, he is very lucky that he's got a 408 ERA. I am wondering how this is not any higher as he's been giving up right around 1.7 home runs 
Bird Eye in innings. He has been able to do a good job of being able to hold them to solo shots, and he has been very lucky because this is a man that he actually had one of the best strikeout-to-walk rates in baseball history during that shortened 2020 season. That's not the case this season, right around 2.8 walks per nine innings, five punch outs per nine. His fielding independent is a full point higher than his ERA, so I think that the regression monster is going to eat him alive. He has struggled both at home and on the road, and then you take a look at Tristan McKenzie, and he's coming off of getting 14 punch-outs in his last start. Overall for the season, strikeout numbers have been a little bit down prior to that start, right around nine punch-outs per nine innings. He's been able to do a supreme job in terms of command, 2.2 walks per nine innings, but numbers point to a little bit of regression with him as well. He's got a 3.11 ERA compared to a 3.85 fielding independent. He has been able to wriggle his way out of quite a few, like, two men on base, bases loaded situations, things of that nature. Nature, and you do take a look at Tristan McKenzie, and he has been a little bit prone to the deep ball, especially on the road. 15 home runs, give it up in 83 and a third innings, with opponents taking 25 points higher off of him on the road. I do think that the Mariners are going to be able to get to him, and I do think that the Mariners' bullpen, a little bit better than that of the Cleveland Guardians. As Claus say, he's been amazing all season long, but he's been used up a lot, including getting used up yesterday, so I did set the Mariners minus 109 in this spot. I'm going to take the Mariners on the money line, and the DK Nation pick, going to be looking at the over in this spot as well. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board, the Chicago White Sox at the road face off against the Baltimore Orioles. Jordan Lyles is going to be going for the Orioles, and Lance Lynn is on the bump for the White Sox. White Sox are a very slight underdog, and now they're flipping to a favorite. Orioles open up a minus 115 favorite. Now you're finding the Orioles anywhere between about a minus 102 to an even money pricing. It's very minus 105 out there as well, and with Chicago, saying between minus 105 and minus 115, 8.5 is your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110. The wrong team is right now getting the money. I'm on saying the Orioles is a minus 127 favorite. I am all aboard because Jordan Lyles has been able to do a much better job of being able to pitch at home rather than on the road. You do take a look at Jordan Lyles overall for the season, a 461 ERA with a 313 ERA at home, 585 on the road. No secret as to why. They want to pushing back the fences at Camden Yards during the offseason. He's given up three home runs in 63 and a third innings at home. 16 bombs in 75 and a third innings on the road. The opponent's hitting right around the same average home to road, but he's not giving up the deep ball when he's in Baltimore. This is a ballpark very much suited for him, and Lance Lynn, he is not suited for any ballpark right now. He is 3-5. and five. He's got a 530 ERA with a 639 ERA on the road. He's allowed seven home runs both at home and on the road separately with 40 and a third innings at home, 31 ear- innings on on the road and on the road opponents are hanging north of 80 points higher off of him. He has just not been effective. He has been able to get right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings and he's giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. Jordan Lyles, meanwhile, he gives up more in the neighborhood about two and a half, more like 2.7 walks per nine innings, but I've been very impressed by this Orioles lineup as well. So you've got just great balance with the team. You've got your one main matcher with north of 20 home runs and Anthony Santander, but along Santander, you've got he, Cedric Malone's, Edley Rushman, Ryan McKenna, you're able to throw in there. Austin the Sayers kid, Roman Urias, all these guys hitting between about a 250 to a 265. You've had also Ore Mateo hit above a 300 ever since the All-Star break, and he and Cedric Mullins, both in the top five in the American League in terms of stolen bases. And then for the White Sox, this team has the best batting average on the road this season, as Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, all these guys have been able to hit north of a 290, and Sebi Zavala, whenever he's been out there, he's been able to hit a 280. The problem has been, you've had Yasmani Grandal, Yoan Mankata, Lori Garcia, all up below a 225 for this team. Gavin Sheets has been off and on injured. He's been inconsistent, wound up having a multi-hit game yesterday for the team, but you can't rely upon that. And for the Chicago White Sox, this team ranks in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Jake Diekman has not necessarily been the answer for them. Jimmy Lambert, Rinaldo Lopez, failed starters. Actually been halfway decent on the bullpen, and then you're obviously able to rely upon get Kendall Graveman along with William Hendricks, but has been a case where the bullpen has been less than trustworthy. And for the Baltimore Orioles, they rank in the top eight of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Yes. 
Keegan Aiken, Felix Batista, Cienel Perez, Dylan Tate, Joey Crebio, all these guys have been able to deliver a sub-3 ERA for this bullpen. It has been very impressive to take a look at, and I do think that Jordan Lyles is going to continue to keep it rolling at home. I do think that it's going to be a higher scoring game. White Sox hit on the road, and everyone winds up hitting Lance Lynn, set my total at a 9.5, looking over and one to lay up to a minus 127 with the Orioles. 9-13, 9-14 on the bang board. The Boston Red Sox playoffs to the Toronto Blue Jays as Kevin Gosman is going to be on the bump for the Jays, and Cutter Crawford is on the bump for Boston. 8.5 is your total over his minus 120. The under is even when it comes to Toronto. Anywhere between minus 160 and minus 175 is your price. And between plus 150 and plus 152 is your number on Boston. And if you're taking a look at the Toronto Blue Jays run line, it is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And that's where I'm going to be looking because I did wind up saying the Blue Jays a minus 168 on the money line. So right around there. And I'm willing to lay up to a minus 108 on the run line. So seeing the minus 105, I'm going to lay the run in half because it has been a Blue Jays lineup that has been very hot all season long, and with the Boston Red Sox, I think it's very key to take a look at the bullpen and how they've been performing post-All-Star break, because not only do they have the worst bullpen ERA in the big league since the All-Star break, it's by a full point that it's worse than anyone else in the big leagues. You just take a look at these guys, and you've got Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, Austin Davis, all with north of a 5 ERA. Erdekazi Sautamora, John Schreiber, these guys have been halfway decent. And Garrett Woodlock, when available, he's able to give you multiple innings. He's able to be rock solid, but you can't have him pitch every single game. And Jurisich Familia, he is still Spanish for blown save. He has been terrible all season long. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, it has actually been a relatively steady Eddie bullpen. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Tim Meza, but Yimmy Garcia, Adam Simber, David Phelps, these guys have been able to do a relatively solid job. There's a chance that they might wind up getting Mesa back for this start as well. But the guys I mentioned, all with a 327 ERA or better, Jordan Romano, has been good as a closer for this team. And for Kevin Gosman, he has been able to do a very supreme job on the road. He's got a 463 home ERA compared to a buck 63 ERA on the road. If you take a look at his fielding independent, it's about a point lower than his actual ERA. It indicates that he's been one of the most unlucky pitchers out there in baseball because he's given up right around a half home run per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is sub two. He's been able to get over 10 strikeouts per nine innings, so he has been a supreme pitcher. Meanwhile, for Cutter Crawford, not so supreme with this gentleman. Now, what Cutter Crawford is able to do is he's able to get punch outs right around nine strikeouts per nine innings, but he's also giving up a home run and nap per nine innings. He's given up a little bit over three bucks per nine innings, and he's been a little bit better at home rather than on the road. 627 road ERA compared to a 408 ERA at home, but Toronto, they have faced them once. They were able to get three runs off of them over the course of six innings. I think that we're probably going to be seeing something relatively similar here. You've got a Blue Jays lineup that has Ladiger Jr. cranking out five home runs over the last 21 days. Got a lot of guys that have been constants all season long, like Oleander Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel, hitting above a 300 ever since Oscar Hernandez wanted to be on with an injury earlier in the season. He's been hitting above a 285. George Springer, he's been able to hit about a 275. He's bumped out 18 home runs, so you know what to expect with these guys. And then for the Boston Red Sox, it's been a very strange ordeal for J.D. Martinez. He's starting to get back online, but over the last two months, he's been hitting below the Meadows line of a 200. Rafi Devers along Xander Bogarts. They're both hitting above a 295. Bogarts did wind up getting a little bit of a day off yesterday, but for Devers, he's really been the only guy that's been able to go yard for the team. North of 25 home runs out of him. Really the only other player that's currently healthy that's got a double-digit amount of homers is Bobby Dahl back then. He, Franchi Cordero, Jaron Duran, which, why he hasn't been DFA'd after he didn't chase after that inside the park grand slam. Nobody knows. Kevin Ploiecki, these guys are in at 230 or lower, so massive issues there. I do think that Gosman going to be able to come up, give a relatively solid start. I think that the Red Sox are still going to get theirs, but I do think that the Blue Jays, they get to Cutter Crawford, one lay up to a minus 108 on the run line of the Blue Jays, so we're looking there, and with the total semi a little bit north of nine, so looking over as well, 915-916 on the bank board, the Houston Astros playoffs to the Minnesota Twins. Chris Archer is going to be going for the Twins, and Luis Garcia is on the bump for Houston. Houston is between a minus 170 to a minus 180. 
188 favorite. And between plus 155 and plus 170 is your price on Minnesota. Eight and a half is the total. The over and the under are anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Set the Astros minus 192 on the money line. But if you dive into the run line, I was willing to lay up to about a minus 105 with the Astros. And right now we're getting a plus price of so between plus 110 and plus 115. So being able to get a plus price, I'm going to be taking a look at that Astros run line because with Chris Archer, you can bank on this guy giving you five innings or fewer. He has not exceeded five innings in any start this season, and the walks just continue to be an issue for him. He has given up 4.3 walks per nine innings. He's only given up right around one home run per nine innings. Check out numbers. Right around 7.8, 7.9 punch-outs per nine innings, and he has given up three runs or fewer in each out of his last four starts, but once again, keep in mind, he has won five innings or fewer in every one of those starts as well, so he's had big-time issues. He had a start about a month or so ago, which he wound up giving up six walks in three innings against the Milwaukee Brewers, so he can knock himself out of a game even earlier, and then for Luis Garcia, it's been very strange to take a look at his home and road splits over the last two seasons, because you go back to 2021, and he had a home ERA of a 239, and his road ERA, it was hovering in the neighborhood of 424 this year. 488 home ERA compared to a 326 ERA on the road. It all stems back to the deep ball. He's given up 12 home runs in 62 and two-thirds innings at home. He's given up seven bombs in 68 and a third innings when he has been on the road. So it's been a case in which he's been a little bit unlucky at home in terms of the deep ball. And he is going up against the Minnesota Twins lineup that they do have guys that are able to take a yard. Byron Buxton is the biggest of them. He's been able to get a home run every about 12 or so at bats. He has been only in at 225 and has been missing a little bit in this series as well. So that is a little bit of factor, but you saw behind him, Carlos Correa, Jose Miranda, Gio Urshela, all these guys in between about a 265-2280, Ore Palanco. He's been able to give the team 15 bombs. He's been able to reach base with right around a 345 on base, Gilberto Cicino. He moves the line, hitting above a 250, and Luis Rice, he's been tremendous, sitting about a 320, but you do take a look at this Astros lineup as well, and they do pick up Christian Vasquez, hasn't been used a ton, but good inning catcher to go along with Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Trey Boom Boom Mancini, all these guys in between about a 255 to a 266 for Bregman. He had a multi-home run game about a week or so ago. He's pumped out 18 bombs. Jose Altuve goes deep yesterday. He and Kyle Tucker between 21 and 22 home runs apiece as well. So even though the Astros lineup is still a little bit down, they are still doing a solid job in terms of offense. And this is an Astros bullpen that they and the Yankees, they rank 1 and 2 in terms of bullpen area, depending upon the day that you look as Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez, along with Ryan Stanek, all these guys have a sub-3 ERA. You've been able to get some good innings out of someone like Connector Neris as well. And then when it comes to the Minnesota the Twins, it can be a little bit of a roll of the dice. You under and say we'll give you multiple innings. Leads the league in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. But Griffin Jacks, we have seen regression with him ever since the All-Star break. He has been posting up north of a five ERA. It has been a sad state of affairs for Emilio Pagan to say the least this season. And Devin Smeltzer, they're trying him out as a little bit of a long guy. I could see a scenario where they piggyback him, and he's been giving up the deep ball quite a bit ever since his first five or six starts of the season as well. So looking at the Astros on the run line, they might have saying my toilet at 8.1. The Astros have been the top under team along with the Tigers all season long because their pitching has been very dominant. I do think that Garcia is going to see some positive progression at home. Numbers seem to indicate that he's been getting a little bit unlucky at home. I think that that reverses itself and Byron Buxton not being in the full blast few days. A little bit of a concern as well. So, looking run line of the Astros go along with the under. And we wrap things up with 917-918 on the bank board. The Oakland A's by the New York Yankees. James Tyon is going to be going for the Yankees and James Caprillion is on the bump for Oakland. We saw this total open up at a 7 with the over at a minus 120 and the under at even. Now we're starting to see 7.5 surface with the under between minus 110 and minus 115. The over between minus 105 and minus 110. And I do mind him saying my toilet at 6.7. You do have an Oakland A's team that they had a pair of guys in Seth Brown along Sean Murphy that would be able to crank 
got a combined 33 home runs this season. But other than Murphy, you really don't have a guy with more than 35 at-bats this season that have been able to hit above a 240 all season long. It's been a pretty deplorable offense, to say the least. And then when it comes to the flip side for the New York Yankees, they certainly have been in a funk. They have scored four runs or fewer and now 11 out of their last 12 games. Now you do have Aaron Judge, who has a home run in back-to-back games. Yeah, it's able to get him going. But keep in mind as well, this is a game that is going to be played at 6.40 p.m. local time out there in Oakland. Marine layer is going to be out. It's going to be really tough to be able to drive the ball. Now, you do have also someone in Anthony Rizzo who's been able to do a good job of going yard all season long for this team as well. Only in a 2.22, he and Josh Donaldson need to work on those 2.20-ish batting averages, but he's been able to pump out 28 home runs. There's a chance that John Carlos Stanton could be back in the starting lineup in this game as well as he's got 24 bombs overall for the season. You really saw the offense taper off with the injuries to both Stanton and Matt Carpenter and Matt Carpenter. Unfortunately, he's not going to be back in this game, but you've got DJ Turner at Uplameo giving you a 375 on base. Ojase Trevino, he's been able to about a 265. So lots of talent for this Yankees team. And they and the Astros have been trading places in terms of one and two in terms of bullpen year eight. Despite the fact that Chad Green has been out of the fold, despite the fact that they've been injury plagued a little bit with Clay Holmes also not currently being on the injured list. You've had someone like Ron Bernanacchio step up with a two ERA. Wani Peralta has been able to post up a sub three ERA and for Lucas Lukey, after he wound up having a relatively rough month of April and May, he's been posting up ever since in a sub-2 ERA. He's been an underrated piece in this bullpen. Luke Bart is someone they picked up. He's able to be a multi-inning guy overall for the season, started out the season with the Rays. He's been posting up a sub-2 ERA. Rolls Chapman has looked a little bit more respectable. And for the Oakland A's, I just don't know who's going to be able to get on base to be able to help out our good friends in Seth Brown along with Sean Murphy. As Chad Benner has been able to hit about a 235, but Sky Bull, Jonah Brown, along with Tony Kemp, guys like this are hitting a 230 or lower, and you just take a look at the Oakland A's overall this season and what they've been able to do at home, and it's been pretty darn deplorable. As a collective, they're hitting a 205, and they've got 37 home runs in 61 home games this season. James Tyon certainly has been far from impressive for the New York Yankees, but even with that, giving up right around a home run and half for Brian Ings, he's been able to give you an 11-4 and record, and it's been one of the more profitable pitchers out there in the big leagues that has reversed itself as Demons lost three out of his last four games as he has given up three plus runs in each out of his last four starts, but I do think that this is going to be exactly what he needs to get back online. Did wind up giving up three runs in his last start against the Oakland A's, but the Yankees were still able to cover the run line in that one. I do think that this is going to be low scoring because you do have James Caprillion, who's been able to do a very solid job recently for the Oakland A's. He has allowed three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last 10 starts. Overall for the season, it's been a little bit touch and go, especially with the walks. He has been giving up right around four-ish walks per nine innings, but you take a look at what he's been able to do recently. He's been able to reduce the walks just a little bit. It's just under four walks per nine innings over the course of his last five starts. He is allowed just a 304 ERA, and he's been able to do a good job of being able to limit the deep ball in those starts as well, giving up just two home runs over the course of his last five starts. So I do think that the Oakland A's are going to be able to keep this low scoring. I just don't think that they're going to be able to generate any offense. If you take a look at the Yankees run line, say we're between minus 125 and minus 130. I was willing to lay up to a minus 135 in this spot, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Yankees run line. I needed at least a plus 225 to be able to take a look at the money line of the Oakland A's. So looking under and looking Yankees run line, and that will wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Big thanks to our good friend John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler, who joined me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine
Fine Podcast, baseball betting show, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, maybe does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.